Well, good morning and a very warm welcome to St. It's great that you've chosen to take time to join us this morning. This morning I want to thank you for your prayers and your encouragement as we've been praying for you. Thank you too for your encouragement to us. Today we're seeking to gather as much as possible in, uh, together in the church building. So thank you for your prayers this morning. I realise that lockdown has been different, so different for every single person and household and family. Some people have actually really loved lockdown. They've had a freedom that they haven't been held for years. Other people it's been full of grief. Other people have described it to me like a steady dripping tap of pain. You know, different experiences, but all one community. And many of us, I think, have retreated further and further into ourselves. But I hope as you've journeyed through lockdown, that actually you've had a sense of God's presence with you. And also that God is teaching you new things in this season. Because it's good to learn and it's good to grow. I hope you agree. <clears throat> For me, this summer, I personally was specially selected to go to do some training and teaching how the speed limits in England are there to be obeyed. They showed me my failures and taught me that speed limits are good things. I listened intently as a humble vicar and I hoped, as I was taught, that I was a good pupil. Now, if that wasn't bad enough, on Friday morning when I went down to take Joshua and Hannah to school, Joshua turned round to me at one point and just said, Dad, 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 with a straight face, he simply said, Dad, are you sure you're safe to drive around Bath in this car? I mean, no irony, straight face, but his comments still made me laugh and cry in equal measure, and I hope you can understand why this morning. <clears throat> At St Swithins, we've put up a tent to enable us to gather, more of us to gather, on a Sunday morning as a community over the, last few, over the next few months, hopefully. And it's Psalm 133 that's been going through my head all week. How good it is when God's people dwell together in unity. For there God, God bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. These six months have been incredibly costly for so many of us. And actually very costly for people's discipleship. But we have this window ahead of us where we can come together we can cry out and ask for God's strength and help as we come together. Come, Lord Jesus, come. This autumn, we're going to journey through the book of Exodus. It's a magnificent book telling an extraordinary story that's gripped generation after generation. The Israelites who went there for safety find that it becomes a place of cruel um, enslavement and oppression as they're there for 400 years. Yet God leads them out through Moses and miraculously sets them free from all that enslaves them against all the odds. Today I'm providing three things for those who've <clears throat> physically been able to come to the service to help you journey with Exodus this autumn. Firstly, the book Exodus for You by Tim Chester. I bought it, take it, and maybe take, make it your thing to read through Exodus this autumn as a thing. But also, if you follow the book, do a chapter at a time, chapter a week. Um, you'll, by Christmas, you'll have got through the whole of Exodus. You know, and meet up with somebody and talk about what you're learning, what God's showing you, 
uh, what you found interesting in the book of Exodus. Why don't you use this as a real opportunity to gather and as a life group to, to use that too, to inspire you as we engage and immerse ourselves in this amazing story. Secondly, there's a resources list, it'll be on the website too, of all sorts of different resources that you can use to help us as we go through the book of Exodus this term. To discover more of what God has done through history and to find freedom for ourselves. I particularly recommend if you're looking, if you know you're someone who feels very bound and actually is looking for freedom, then Danielle Strickland's book is particularly good in terms of personally wrestling with the topic of, pers of freedom. <clears throat> and thirdly, there's a brief PowerPoint introduction to some of the themes and some of the main issues in Exodus 2. The extraordinary events that we read in Exodus, Exodus happened over th nearly three and a half thousand years ago. And it's an amazingly powerful narrative to follow as God delivers his people on this incredible journey to the promised land. And like all journeys, it has real highs and incredible lows. Things to learn on the way, as gradually God reveals his nature and his character to his people. God establishes a new relationship with his people and makes his presence known. I've been wrestling with the book of Exodus in many ways for about four years. There are a number of things I'm really praying for in this season. That we'll hear God's call on our lives. That it's God who speaks to us. That he'll reveal his nature and his character through our worship and through our journey together. But also that we'll hear the call to step and lead in Christian leadership. So many of us appeared incredibly weighed down. I'm reluctant to respond to whatever it is God is saying to us. And Moses is an amazing character, amazing person to look at. The journey he takes with God as God frees him and frees God's people from uh, their enslavement. <clears throat> so just a few thoughts this morning on one of our Bible passages. You know, a central theme in the book of, of Exodus and the Bible is that of slavery and freedom. And we see how God speaks to Pharaoh, <clears throat> like in Exodus 8.1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and say to him, This is what the Lord says. Let my people go, so that they may worship me. Let my people go. Let my people go. We see this compassionate phrase and this compassionate word over seven times through Exodus to the suffering, to the oppression, to the abuse and the enslavement of God's people. Finally, God answers their cries and their prayers and he calls Pharaoh in this instance to let God's people go from slavery. That they can experience deliverance, they can experience freedom. <clears throat> I don't know about you, but everywhere you go, you hear people talking about freedom, free speech, free trade, free markets, freedom of worship, freedom of expression. We want to be free from any kind of physical suffering. We want to be free from poverty. We want to be free to choose. We want to be free from the EU, or not, as the case may be. <clears throat> we are free. So much of our language is around freedom. We live in the 21st century here in the UK and we see ourselves as one of the freest civilizations in the history of the world. 
Freedom has become its own justification today. And one of the highest values in the West. But you see, freedom is a tricky concept. You see, how do we practice freedom? So that we don't destroy the community around us, whether it's the people close to us or those we're distant from. Or God's creation and all that's part of it. Or actually destroy ourselves. Constantly self-destructing as we see in the younger brother in Luke 15. You know, the irony is that the more that we pursue the kind of goal of freedom to become totally free, the more enslaved we become. There is no such thing as complete autonomy. There's always something bigger than us. And ultimately, most of us will recognise at different points we can become enslaved, for example, to our families, to our dreams, to our kids, to our marriage, to our careers, to our bad relationships, to we can be enslaved to our own image of our bodies, to our reputation, to our fears. We become enslaved to stuff, to technology. Anything good or bad can enslave us. One of the best ways to understand what the Bible means by its teaching that Jesus saves us is to see that Jesus sets us free. This is what we read at the beginning of Jesus' ministry in Luke 4, that Jesus summarises ministry in Jerusalem as, um, <clears throat> as freedom. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the captives and to set the oppressed free. You know, at baptism, Christians affirm our freedom from sin, the constrictions of the world and the devil, but also free to live the abundant life, the full life that God came to bring us. Becoming a Christian means moving from one kingdom to another to transfer from the oppressive and enslaving kingdom of this world to the free, good and dynamic rule and reign of God. As that great prophet Bob Dylan uh, used to say, put it decades ago, all of us have got to serve. We've got to serve somebody. It may be the devil, it may be the Lord, but you've got to serve somebody. And something <clears throat> that tears you down, you have a choice. Something that tears you down and holds you down and binds you up. Or something that builds you up or someone who builds you up. Something that creates more and more anxiety and more and more worry in you. Or someone who gives you peace and reveals his love to you. Who are you going to follow this morning? So how do we get there? <clears throat> Well, at the beginning of this series, I just wanted to briefly talk about this this morning. The first thing is to present yourself to God. You know, you can't simply break free from addictions that hold you or things that enslave you but unless you give yourself to something or someone who is greater and more powerful than things that hold you. Particularly if you want to have real and lasting transformation. And that's what Jesus offers this morning, freedom to you. Free from guilt, free from shame, free from darkness and oppression, freedom from fear. You know, do you want to find that freedom again in your life?
<clears throat> are you longing for that freedom? Are you looking for freedom in all the wrong places and wondering why you're so bound? As we begin this series, offer yourself afresh to God this morning. You know, give yourself to him. That's where we begin. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, it was famously, it was um, Dima Shakarian, um, a Christian who called his book The Happiest People on earth and we confess that the cares of this world our selfishness of sin have left us bound anxious weighed down and <clears throat> and not able to live out of joy and peace this morning we repent of our self-sufficiency our self-obsession and we offer ourselves afresh to you this morning as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. Revive us and renew us by your spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat>